Hi there, this is Watchin, and you are now listening to the I Choose the Ladder podcast, a podcast for Black women on the corporate climb. This episode is brought to you by the Review Planner. Our performance review planner just got promoted with six brand new and bossed up planner sections to help guide you towards a promotion with confidence. So if you've ever felt like you've been outworking others but not being recognized, like you've been offended, outraged, or disappointed during at least one performance review, like you just are not being seen and recognized for the work that you do at work, then this planner is for you. If you do not already have a performance review planner, head on over to choosealadder.com and get your planner today. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the challenges when trying to navigate a career change. Um, We've heard so many people, so many women um, talk about feeling stuck in their current roles, frustrations about being overlooked or under, you know, undervalued. Uh, We've heard so many stories about people leaving corporate America just because they could not pivot out of the roles that they were in into roles that were in better alignment with what they saw themselves or how they saw themselves or in what they saw themselves doing. And what I've noticed in those uh, conversations are typically there are five areas that people did not get in alignment or did not get right. Um, one of these five areas, usually it's not all five, but there are you know, two or three or a combination of the five things um, that if they're not together, they make it really hard for you to not only change your career, but also be happy with the the end result of um, of that change. And so I want to spend a little bit of time today just briefly going over the five areas of the that I've seen that have been problematic that if you are someone who is currently thinking about changing careers, uh, pivoting in industries, pivoting you know jobs, pivoting in any for any aspect of your career that hopefully you'll spend some time getting these five, areas together and that I guarantee you if you do this pre-work you will have a much easier time changing your careers because as I say people who are the easiest to help typically get help the fastest and high higher quality help and so if your package is put together in a way that makes it easy for someone to plug and play you tend to get the type of help that you need in order to make the change so as always grab your I choose a ladder notebook a pen and your favorite beverage and get ready to get to work. So the first part of the the package that I think people um, don't necessarily get right is their own personal mission statement and then their tools that they use to support that mission statement. And let me clarify for a second. Just like corporations, nonprofits, organizations, they all have a mission statement, right? And that mission statement is the North Star of that organization or of that company of that you know nonprofit right it says to the world here is the work that we are going to be doing and here's what we hope to accomplish while doing that in the same way each person should have a career mission statement what is it that you want to be doing the impact that you want to be having um who you want to be having it but the population that you want to be the beneficiary of that impact right and if you are clear on that as opportunities come along, you know if they're in alignment with what it is that you want to be doing. And you don't get romanced by, you know, uh, the salary and, and some of the other perks of the job. Because what you want to make sure that you are clear on is that the day-to-day responsibilities that you have and the metrics through which your bosses, your managers will be measuring your success are actually in alignment with the work that you want to be doing, right? 
And once that is clear and you are, uh, you feel confident that what you have established for yourself as your mission statement is, is true for this current season of life that you're in, because you know, we all change, we all grow and your mission statement now may change in 24 months or in five years, you're not beholden to it. But for this current season of your professional life, do you have clarity around what your mission is and what you're trying to accomplish, right? I know for people who are a little bit more junior, at this point, you're trying to learn. And so you should be looking at jobs that provide you with the most learning opportunities, right? For people who are more senior, you're thinking about impact. Well, what kind of impact does this um, does this new opportunity or this future opportunity that you're hoping to get, what types of opportunity for impact does it provide, right? So have your mission statement. And the second thing is, then your career tools, right? So your your digital footprint, so your LinkedIn, your social media accounts, your resume, right? Your uh, cover letter, God forbid, for jobs who are still um, who are still having people submit cover letters. But you make sure that the things that are important to you in your mission statement, those things are highlighted in the work that you've done in the past, right? So that there is a level of fluidity um, between how you feel and how you represent yourself and the things that you're using as an outward representation of those things. Um, so taking a look at, if you say that, you know, impact is important, well, on your resume, are you talking about impact? Are you showing the impact that you've done for the communities that you want to serve or the type of work that you want to do? On your LinkedIn, are you also highlighting impact? If, um, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. So your career tools and your mission statement. If those are not together, you're probably going to be picking jobs based on things that in the long term won't have as big of an impact on your satisfaction. And so make sure that you are clear on that. The second thing is you don't really have a good advisory board, right? Like a personal advisory board. We typically refer to that as your personal board of directors. Um, and if you don't have, you know, sponsors and mentors and, you know, old heads and networkers who are helping to guide you professionally to make sure that the steps that you take are in alignment and then also to hold you accountable um, to do the things that you say that you're going to do, sometimes you make, when you make decisions without counsel, you tend to not consider or see because you have blind spots, right? It's your career. So you have blind spots around certain things. And so the 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 view that you may have or the things that you may have considered may not have been everything that you needed in order to be able to make an informed decision. And this is not to say that your personal board of directors dictates your career moves. It's to say that when sometimes when you're too close to something, you can't see um, um, you can't see some of the areas because this one shiny thing that's dangling in front of you may be so compelling that it causes you to forget or ignore other parts that after 30 days of being in a row or 60 days of being in a row, the shiny thing no longer becomes that shiny and you have to deal with the reality of it. And so having a personal board of directors and advisors, right? Corporations have this as well, um, to advise you as you make different considerations. They also know like your mission statement, what you're trying to do, and they can let you know if you are deviating from your North Star and help you think through what that could mean for you professionally. The third thing that I think people don't think about until it's too late is what their personal corporate brand is or their corporate personal brand, right? Y'all have heard me say this at nauseum, but your brand ultimately is what people are saying about you when you're not in the room. And every decision about your career is going to be made when you're not in the room. And so are you conscious of how people are seeing you, how people experience you, right? And what people, the consistent message around who you are, what you bring to an organization, um, 
how it is to work with you, how it is to work for you. Are you aware of what people are saying, right? Because people do reference checks, people call their networks. If you work for a company that somebody's trying to, um, if you're trying to get a job and some the person, the hiring manager has a friend at your uh, current company, they're going to call them off the record, right? And so if the messaging around who you are as a potential hire or who you are as a person, right? Even before the job, like how you show up in spaces, if you're not clear on what that is, you need to start doing a little bit of work to find out so that you can decide if, if your name is good in these streets, but if it's not, what are some things that you can do to start to repair that image? And if it is, what things are you currently doing that you need to be doing more of, right? Those things matter because ultimately when people vouch for you or when they, um, when they open doors for you, it's on the strength of your reputation. It's also understanding or knowing that it's okay for them to put their professional capital on the line for you because again, your name is good in these streets. And if it's not, people are not going to do that for you. So thinking through what is your personal brand right now as it pertains to your work, right? And does any of it need repair before you start trying to change careers and all those things? Because ultimately it's going to matter. The fourth thing that I think that um, people forget is, you know, Issa Rae talked about this a little bit, is is your your network of peers. And for, I choose a ladder, we refer to that as your career squad, right? You don't have peers. And so a lot of the advice that you may be getting may be just from your personal board of directors, but most of those people are a lot more senior than you are. So they came through corporate America under different circumstances. And mind you, corporate does not change that quickly. I get it. But there are certain things that have changed in the last you know, 15, 20 years um, that are very different than what our mentors had to deal with or what was expected of them. And so if you only have that perspective and not the perspective of people who are working now at similar levels across different industries who can support you through that time, who can tell you what they're seeing, who can help you, right? Learn the lingo for, you know, if it's an industry that you're trying to pivot into. But ultimately, if you're a black woman in corporate right now, you know it's hard, right? And so to have a community of like-minded, ambitious women who can cheer you on when you are feeling a little bit down, who can, you know, fix your crown, right? When you are feeling a bit of imposter syndrome, who can tell you if you are, you know, if you're reading too much into something or if like that is something that they're seeing as well, you need to prioritize building these relationships and they're good for right now. But y'all have heard me say this also in like in past talks is as you climb the corporate ladder, these same people are going to be climbing maybe at different speeds, right? In different industries, but to have people that you've gone through the trenches that you've been in the trenches with, um, to have people who know you, know your character before you had the power, before you had the title, before you had those things, and you've already established a relationship of trust, right? That's the kind of stuff that makes it not lonely at the top. That's the kind of stuff that makes it so that when you are, you know, in the C-suite, in senior leadership, you still have a community, right? Because we know that if you are a black woman, the higher you get, the fewer of us there are. Like, that's just what the data says, and so to know each other and respect each other and already have a sisterhood of trust, a community of trust that you can lean on, right, when things get a little bit rocky, starts now. And if you don't have that, like when I'm, if some, I was looking for a new job, I might reach out to a friend who I knew from undergrad who now works at this company, be like, hey, can you, you know, sign my name in or can you, can you tell me what it's like for real to be a black person working there, right? And getting the, the truth about stuff, not what is on the websites or like whatever the marketing materials say. And so if you don't have a career squad and you try to change your careers 
it's going to be very, very, very difficult. And so if you have not invested in growing that network, I would say start to prioritize that. And then the last thing, and I say this for last, because I think it's the most important part when you're trying to change your career, is your ability to negotiate. You may have the best job ever, right, in terms of responsibilities, but if you feel that the salary doesn't necessarily reflect the value that you bring, you might take the job and then be resentful in three months, four months, five months, a year. You might feel like you're doing so much more work than everybody else is. You may feel like you don't have the same kind of perks. You may feel like your title doesn't, you know, have the same level of power that your your peers do, right? You have to get better and comfortable with negotiating for the value that you think you bring to an organization or an opportunity. And if you don't know how to do that and you are not practicing when the stakes aren't so high, when you get to places where you are negotiating for things like salary and your livelihood depends on what you bring in and there's the pressure and the power dynamics are different, you tend to make choices that may not be ultimately the best choice that you could have made. And so if you are struggling with negotiations, we have a masterclass that I choose a ladder offers. It's on the website, but practice, 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 practice negotiating for different things so that when the opportunity does present itself where you are finally in the room sitting across from or you know sitting on the phone with a hiring manager you have the confidence to negotiate your value and not just taking something because it was offered to you and so five areas your mission statement plus your career tools your personal board of directors your personal brand your career squad and your ability to negotiate are going to be the things in my opinion that have the the largest impact on how quickly and effectively and smoothly you can change your career. So if you are feeling a little, um, a little under, is it not underwhelmed, underprepared in any of those areas, make sure you are on the I Choose the Ladder um, email list. We will be sending out content um, about these topics in the upcoming weeks. We will provide some resources as well because I didn't realize how big of an issue this was um, for you all. And so we will try to support you as best as we can. Um, you can do that by uh, joining the email list by texting CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B to 66866. Again, that's CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B to 66866. You can also go to the I Choose a Ladder Instagram page, and there's a link in the bio um, to be able to join the, the list as well to make sure that as we release these resources that you are first to know about them. And then as always, I love to keep the conversation going. So if you want to connect with me personally, you can do that on LinkedIn at Watching Yanu or on Instagram at I See You Watching. And until next time, thank you for listening.